Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Rivera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Carlin, analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we are chatting all things Week 14 in the NWSL. We've got to recap some matches for you all before we get through the final score lines and go over some of our predictions. A reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, as a podcast, follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on a single episode. The World Cup is also just weeks away, so you got to make sure that you're subscribed, that you're following, that you're downloading Attacking Third for all of your 2023 World Cup content. We're back at it with a recap. Lisa, how you doing tonight? I am good. Um, uh, different energy this week in the NWSL. Of course, we're going to talk about it and break it all down. Um, but I'm good. I've been stuck in like thunderstorm weather. Every, like the whole country, I feel like, is just oh, yeah. stuck in thunderstorm and thunderstorm. We just got a tornado warning like a, a 20 minutes ago for Philadelphia, which is like – uh, they don't really happen here. So like when it, you get those tornado warnings, yeah. it's usually in the summer and it's like a random one off, but just like crazy thunderstorms happening. I guess it's like good for the flowers. It's a good question, Mark. <laughs> I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Look, we got to start with uh, with checking in on the weather whenever we do this show. But no, us, us too here in uh, in Chicagoland, the drought is uh, over, I guess, in the summer. We were like looking <laughs> for rain and now we got it. And now, now we're like, okay, like, calm down. Now there's like certain flooding. I keep getting updates. It's like I live in an area where there's like plenty of like viaducts and underpasses. And it's like, oh, there's lots of flooding. Don't go yeah. through this one. Um, so, yeah, everybody be careful and uh, <laughs> watch yourselves over the course of this extended holiday weekend. Uh, congrats if you've got lots of days off. Uh, yeah. We're, we're here working and we're happy to be with everyone. But if you're enjoying a long weekend, um, 
be safe and uh, I hope you're having a, a great time. And I hope you kicked it off with some NWSL soccer because that's a great way to start off yeah. uh, a weekend and celebrate a holiday. It sure is. Shout out to Barry, who is always joining us live on YouTube. We love it, Barry. Thanks for joining us. He is like the number one North Carolina Courage fan that we have here. He goes to a lot of the games and he's saying hello from first place, Courage County. Love to yeah. see that. Congrats, right. Barry. He, he Look, he's not wrong. <laughs> Got to put some respect on the courage name, and we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it right here in this first segment of the episode. So welcome to everyone joining us in on the live. Uh, you probably got the notification that we're going live because you're subscribed. So again, make sure you subscribe and you can join in on all the fun with our show. Let's talk about teams picking up points. We've got consecutive weeks here of racking up points in NWSL. If you're one of these clubs that we're about to talk about, let's start about with the game that just finished. We do that all the time if you're joining us for the first time on our recap show. We always like to go with the game that's probably most fresh on everyone's mind. And if you're joining us live, you probably just saw Gotham and Angel City playing out to a 0-0 scoreline. Lisa, should we remind folks on the picks in this one? Yes, we both went with Angel City uh, yeah. going on the road to take on Gotham. Uh, they got some points, right? They, they got a right. point in this scoreless draw, but interesting way to end the weekend for sure. Not not what we both predicted at all. You know, we were, we were I'm bringing the preview back onto this this for a little bit, but we were both kind of like, listen, there, there's been a little bit of a, a resurgence of energy for this Angel City side. They are tough to play against. Beck Tweed is is going up against her old club mm -hmm. as an interim head coach now for Angel City. What's it going to look like? Um, and it was a little tough, honestly. If I'm if I'm being frank, look, I know you and I text each other a lot over the weekend whenever we're keeping in games. And I told you straight up, I'll put it on blast. I was like, I, I need this game to wake up a little bit at the, <laughs> at the half. At the half, I think there were two shots and a couple, maybe two attempts on target. And then another one with zero attempts on target. Yeah. Two, like, two shots for Gotham, two shots for Angel City. Yeah. Uh, two shots on target for Gotham, surprisingly. Look. Only one on target for Angel City. It was so <laughs> I, by the half, I was like, "All right." I'm like, well, I, "I need to see. I need to see something here. Uh, let's let's end this weekend on a high note, right?" The, all the doom and gloom around us with the rainstorms. We're like, "We need some fireworks. We need some energy here." You know, and that's not for lack of effort. We saw these two teams kind of getting into dangerous spaces, and it looked and it felt with the eye test as if you know, was kind of this high octane type of match, but the, the shots just weren't there. We saw yeah. them spending time in each other's half, again, getting into dangerous areas. But by the half, I was like, okay, maybe there's a goal coming and it's going to come in the second half. And then it never came. Right. I mean, there was opportunities. Oh, yeah. I think it was the first half. There was each side had a shot off the post almost. Yep. Um, at Gotham did at one point, and I was like pretty impressed with them and, and what they could do. But you're right. It was a bit slow. It took a little bit to get going. Um, on the broadcast, they were hyping up uh, Midge Purse, which how can you okay. not at this point? This is a player that was dealing with a tough injury in and out of U.S. national team camp. She doesn't get called up to the World Cup. Now is the time for her to shine. We saw her do that after the World Cup in, in 19. Um, she went on a run in the league scoring goals and and which and that run is what got her back onto the national team so there's these ups and downs of players and I think they wanted a little bit more from a midge purse Gotham also had the return of Allie Riley she got the start in the back line um, for Juan Carlos Amoros but in the end this game it, a possession was 
split down the middle, 50-50. Um, total passes for each side, they were off by two. 375 for Gotham, 373 for Angel City. It was just incredibly, like, passive, I'm going to say, this game. Not a lot of, like, juice happening either way. Then we got to see June Endo make her return for Angel City. Um, there is a, a Claire Emsley coming on into this game. Bit of rotation from Bev Yanez, but it didn't feel like either side was as energetic as they could have been. It was... Yeah, it was a little rough. I think at certain stretches, if you take take a look at certain stretches of this game in particular, if you go back on the replay and watch it, I'm sure we'll see. I mean, a couple of um, they were referred to as cooling breaks, you know, within this game, the, the humidity probably affecting players as well, mm -hmm. talking about 70% humidity. So there are things that come into play with that. And, of course, something that we were also keeping a look at across uh, Week 14 was – who was not available, you know, for, for these teams, because a lot of um, starting caliber players across all of the clubs in NWSL are released to their international squads ahead of this world cup that they're all building up to. So who was going to get the start over the course of, of these uh, games in, in the weekend. And I think something I think that we have to touch on before we start talking about the other games is out of this half, we got to see a return. We saw yeah. the return of Mana Shim and NWSL. And I think, even in the 0-0 zero, zero scoreline, this is something that you're going to look at this game and want to celebrate coming out of it. Massive. This is so big for Monashim. Five years away from the professional game after um, she was a catalyst in the change for this league uh, against the harassment to former coaches, in particular Paul Riley. Um, and now she makes her return. And uh, Juan Carlos Amaros, the head coach for Gotham, initially signing Monashim as an injury replacement player. And now she's a national team replacement player. But um, Carlos Amaro saying that it, it's because of her skill and what she does now on the pitch. It has nothing to do with how she was as a player five, six years ago. It's what she can bring to this. Um, fantastic to see her get back out there on the pitch, get a run out under her legs. Um, you could hear Red Bull Arena going crazy when, when Shim was getting subbed into this game. Yeah. I mean, gave me chills for sure to see her back out there. Yeah. I think it was, a. Uh, it was nice to see that national team replacement players are going to be utilized during this uh, window of games uh, during this world cup period. I and, mean, uh, most teams have to sign them, right? There's a minimum player uh, that like rostered that they have to roster. So they have to sign national team replacement players, but do we get to see them on the pitch? I think we will throughout this stretch. Yeah. I don't know. I think you need to get on the phone with the Chicago Red Stars, Lisa. Maybe we'll, we'll see. I don't know. But we saw, we saw it in this game. We got to see a national team players being utilized or replacement players getting utilized in this game. And it's, uh, I loved uh, the reception that this player got, you know, when, when she took the pitch, um, but a, a close, uh, a look at her after what was it, over like 8,000 They they did the math on the broadcast. And I was like, that's outrageous to sort of hear some of these, these numbers that have passed since um, her last minutes back in the league. Um, but I, you know, I was a little surprised to see Junendo as well in, in this one for angel city. Um, a lot of rap. I was like the first thing yeah. that I was like, focused on i was like that is an intense knee compression sleeve that she has on her knee so i uh, will see moving forward um how she's going to be able to perform for 
Japan, maybe closer, mm -hmm. uh, maybe trying to get some minutes before she actually exits to be in camps with with Japan. Um, and I think I also really like to see the how they utilized um, Kawasumi for Gotham as well. I think they yeah. got to they got to flex their bench a little bit, which I thought for me was kind of a bright spot um, in in this game. I don't know if um, bench depth is something that we've actually pointed out Gotham for and said like this is the thing that you know, is perhaps a bit of an X factor for them moving forward. I know we've talked about it with, with Portland. I know we've talked about it with all rain. We've talked about those clubs specifically as players or as uh, rosters with a lot of role players that they can mm -hmm. utilize during stretches like this. So uh, I, I liked that. That was maybe one of the other silver linings for me that I'm taking a look at for Gotham specifically coming out of, of this match. So they split the points they get to show off some of their depth and uh, they get to stay in the upper half of, <laughs> of the table uh, as well. Speaking of uh, the NWSL standings, there is a new number one to start off the month of July. And it is North Carolina because they picked up all three points against Houston Dash in a narrow 1-0 win. I believe we both went North Carolina in this one, Houston. In, uh, in this yes, one. we did. We both went with the home side um, for the courage going up against Houston. This was the second matchup between these two. But the first one, remember, it was that like 52nd minute stoppage time game that the, the game paused for lightning in Houston at the end of April um, and it never resumed. So. Houston definitely bitter about that. Obviously, they they couldn't pick up points in the first game at the end of April, so they felt like there was unfinished business, some stuff left on the table. Um, they traveled to North Carolina, Diana Ordonez, after her rookie season with the Courage. She returns um, looking to get back points, and North Carolina has just been impressive, impressive. They're kind of like, I'm, I mean this like as a compliment, like the little engine that could in terms of like, they're continuing to climb up the mountain and pick up points and do it in like a sneaky, quiet way that's really working for them because they're not flashy, right? It's not like we're getting flashy score lines or flashy play or certain players scoring all the, the goals or whatever it may be. They're putting their heads down. They're grinding. They're working. They're playing the game that Sean Nahas has set out for this team in North Carolina to play, and that is possession, 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 possession and ultimately get a goal. It comes just around the hour mark from Tyler Lucy. Um, that's her fourth game-winning goal of the year, her fourth goal of the year, and her fourth game-winning goal of the year. So that's how North Carolina gets them, narrow score lines, but that's fourth straight shutout for them. Um, they've now outscored their last four opponents 10-0. to zero. Like The Courage is on a run right now, and they sit atop the standings for number one. They're in incredible form. I don't, I don't yeah. know if there's a... I don't know if there's a more informed team right now. And we're, I'm saying this knowing that it's just mere points. Like there's a certain amount of points that separate team number one from team number six, you know? So, but even in that, with with Portland previously being the the number one team, for example, now they got bumped to number two. They they've got a couple losses. They've got a draw in between some of these wins that they picked up. We've got North Carolina Courage with five wins out of their previous yeah. six, you know, match regular season matches, and the way they've done it through their system 
and the way they've done it through the belief in that system and something that I've liked in this in this current run or in this current stretch of games for them is that, yes, they've got these narrow scorelines in them, but they also have these couple of games where they blew teams out of the water completely. Yeah. You know, obviously it's different when you have Caroline involved and Caroline getting in front of goal and creating chaos and nabbing up the all of these goals. But I like that a game like this, these tough in between the line, the fine margins that it all comes down to that you can go out and go ahead and get that win. And for the other side of things for Houston, that that win, that extra three points to mm-hmm. sort of just propel them into that upper half of the standings, Lisa. They just have not been able to find it. So we're talking at winless in three games. They got three consecutive go- draws going on the road to face the Courage, and they just were unable to capitalize on any of the opportunities here. And they can't pick up points. You look at Houston's last three games, or, or excuse me, they can't shoot and score. That's that's an issue for Houston. They have, heading into this match against North Carolina, the best defense in the league, the stingiest. Only 10 goals against. Jane yeah. Campbell has been tremendous with her shutouts in net for the, for the dash. And she's a blessing that she didn't go anywhere during this World Cup break for Sam Lady. But Heading into this match, 0-0 draw, 0-0 draw. And now, again, it's 1-0. They can't score, and they can't find in the back of the net. And that's something that they they are going to struggle with moving forward. Um, they lose Michelle Lozia, the last national team player. Uh, she's headed to Australia and New Zealand with Nigeria at this point. So that's a starter, a namestay starter for Sam Lady that is now gone over the next few weeks. Yes, they still have Maria Sanchez, Diana Ordonez, Ebony Salmon, the firepower that, frankly, is the firepower on paper, but hasn't been able to connect consistently together on the pitch. And that's where Houston's struggling a little bit. Defensively, I think they're pretty good. They didn't get a red card this game. (laughs) Finally, they snapped that streak. Back-to-back red cards in their last two games. They'll have Katie Lind back and Natalie Jacobs heading into the final week before the bye week. But offensively, they've got to just... They've got to shake it up a little bit. They have to do something a bit more unassuming. And there's really three ways to score in this league, right? Transitions, set pieces, and like um, forcing opposition, right? Possession, possession. And and Houston has to pick up one of them. I I think they can lean on set pieces a little bit during this break, but we'll see. I don't think that I don't think that's an un, those are unfair points for you to to bring up in terms of this team specifically. I, I, again, you and I we do so many of these episodes yeah. a week, and I feel like that has been the theme. Anytime we touch on Houston, it's like, is is this going to be the week? Is this going to be the week where they finally put it all together and they leapfrog into that upper half of the table? And it just has not happened. I mean, one shot, one shot on target for the dash yesterday. And that's not going to work. And I feel like this is this game is maybe a good example for them to take a look at and try to work on some certain areas or try to adjust some things, because that's what it that's what it comes down to in this league. We talk about how it is. It comes down to all those fine margins. But when you look in this game, um, specifically, you know, obviously you touched on possession, but outworked in total passes. We're talking yep. 501 compared to 268. They completely lost a duels battle with 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 North Carolina Courage, winning 37 duels compared to 26 for Houston. So it just it was just like a, a game that they weren't able to be clinical, knowing that they were going to go on the road and have to go ahead and concede possession a little bit. They're gonna they probably looked at all the film in front of them and said. We're not going to be able to maybe go ahead and disrupt some of that. But if you sort of walk in on the road going up 
against the home side, knowing yep. that what's the other, what's the actual game plan and how's it going to iron out. So we didn't really see them get to execute that. So um, not going to get it done with one, <laughs> one shot on goal. Um, and obviously Caden Rowland in the, in the game for courage in net in light of Casey Murray Murphy with a uh, United States women's national team not did well, but unfortunately wasn't yeah. really tested in that sense where you have all these shots, but just, you know, the, the one actual attempt on target. So we'll see. Still lots of stuff to work on for Houston. They sit in seventh once again, heading off into week 15. We've got some more games to recap, though. So stick with us after a quick break. All right, we're back. Let's talk about some upsets. <laughs> Let's start with Chicago Red Stars going up against San Diego Wave FC, getting all three points, 1-0. This one goes all the way to the Red Stars. And look, we talked about it on the preview a little bit. Is this going to be the week where they get a result? I think I had, I think they had this one with the makings of a draw, but you went with the Red Stars all the way, Lisa, and they pulled through for you. And they pulled through after some some fines to Chris Petroselli for social <laughs> media conduct. He was out there tweeting about the planes and travel situations. And they had to go into this game pretty shorthanded. One of the things that I noticed right away for Chicago in this game is the starting 11s drop is, you know, just the lack of depth right now that they, that they have. And this isn't something that has um, – this isn't something new for the Red Stars this year. Right. But it is it is something that I'm like, gosh, we're 14 weeks in. Mm -hmm. You would hope that this this organization could figure out a way to get some more depth for for this team moving forward. But that just hasn't been, um, you know, possible for the team as they navigate all of these different things off the field in terms of like in terms of trying to find new ownership as well. But looking at San Diego and having 20, uh, a 20 player available, you know, game day roster available to them. And then with Chicago only 17. And that's also without Julia Bianchi because she was issued the red card and had to serve the game. So I was like a little nervous. At least I was like, uh oh, are they going to have the enough personnel to get them through a, a game like this? Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a little bit surprising, even though I picked Chicago to win this game. I think that as it was unfolding, I was a little bit nervous about how it was actually going to yeah. happen between these two sides because um, San Diego, they they look dangerous, right? When you look at the front line that they have and Jaden Shaw, Mackenzie Doniak getting an opportunity and they do get a goal. They get one from Doniak earlier in this game. Uh, but unfortunately, Taylor Korniak is offside at the initial service into the box to in the lead up to this goal for San Diego early in this game. And it gets called back. And I think there was a collective sigh of relief from the Red Stars at this point that you could just see through your television screen. Um, you, I'm sure you could hear it all throughout the Chicago suburbs and Chicago. But <laughs> as, as this game continued to go on, I think that it was really good for Chicago to have Kayla Sharples in that back line again. Um, Bianca St. George's, although she Bianca St. George, although she's not going to the World Cup, that's going to be a huge catalyst for the Red Stars. She's a she's a stellar player that can has has this kind of like never say die mentality that can continue to go and continue to run. I think there's really positive moments and ultimately it's one goal that makes a difference in this game. And it's a yeah. fantastic goal. The, the service from the wide areas by Tata Malazzo into the box and, and 
Ella Stevens getting her noggin on it at the near post, redirecting it. There was absolutely nothing that Inez in goal for the wave could do. Um, it, it was be- it was a beautiful goal, really. I thought this was Milazzo's one of her best game in, in months, honestly. I, I know the team started off in a certain kind of way and you look for those bright spots in, in the back line. And I know there's been a lot of discussion about Kruger and the season that she's put together for this team. And there was a, a month there, I believe, when Milazzo was named to, to team of the month. But you lose all that, right, when when everyone is so focused on, on the losses outside of the locker room. So um, to see this game come together for Malazzo, I think we are starting to see the, the value in having four in the back, you know, yeah. and for a team like Chicago, and Sharples is a huge part of that in, in her return. Um, but I love the link up b- between between Malazzo and Stevens. It, it was it, it was a little bit of an illusion, I think. Uh, you look at the buildup on on this play, and you almost wonder if it's moving too slowly for Chicago that they're not going to capitalize on the opportunity in front of them. And yet, it's a great ball in, and it's a great run by Stevens to get into the perfect position to put the ball away. But it's also the timing of this goal for me. It's at a, it's right when you think this game is going to be 0-0 at the half, and they get it in stoppage time of this first half. So it's like, okay, you you thought this was maybe going to, you know, be a little bit of a long night for San Diego. We talked about that on the preview as well, Lisa, that there was going to be the turnaround for this team in a midweek Challenge Cup game, that they were going to have the travel on them going into Bridgeview. But what were we going to see from Casey Stoney coming into this game? Were we going to see more substitutions in light of having the extra minutes in the midweek match. And we, and we did see that we saw uh, Turnbow come on into, you know, early into the second half for, for Rachel Hill. Um, We saw Ali get in later, Barcenas getting in later, trying to, you know, go ahead and, you know, get someone in there to maybe shake things up a little bit, but I almost kind of felt like maybe it was a little bit too late. I think at that point, if you allow, this Red Stars team to get organized, which is something that they're capable right. of doing. If you allow them to get into a zone where they can execute an organized shape, that's not going to be good for you. No, yeah. Even I think doing, it's all that, it, yeah. And doing that with it with Emily Boyd, a different goalkeeper in net, you know, I, I was very excited for this player to get this result. This is a player that has had to deal with a nagging injury this year. Haven't been able to see this player get rotated in, uh, not even during Challenge Cup group matches. And I think it was a nice reintroduction because I think people forget that Emily Boyd is a keeper that likes to come off of her line sometimes and, yeah. and get aggressive on the ball. Uh, thought she had a really good game uh, as well. It's uh, I think at this point, uh, in this phase of the season, Chicago's in a position where um, they can't lose any game moving forward. Um, if they want to try and make some type of a run, some type of a, you know, miracle comeback. And maybe this is one of those games where they remain motivated uh, by that. So, you know, t- going playing up against a upper half table team, handing San Diego a third consecutive regular season loss. Um I think that's something that you want to hang your hat on a little bit. Maybe you go into the July 4th weekend feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think they have to be happy with this one. Can they 
close out this NWSL week 15 coming up with them, um, pick up a couple more points before they head into the bye week and then a challenge cup break. It, it looks pretty good, right? This is a, this is the time of the season where teams that have maybe been struggling for a little bit are going to stay consistent because Chicago, although they haven't been picking up points and they're at the bottom of the standings, they've been playing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. They just haven't been able to put a full 90 minute game together. And I, I'm going to argue, that this still wasn't even maybe a full 90-minute game, but they had just a little bit more than San Diego did at this point. They had an opportunity off the post. They were able to get one in before the halftime came, and then they could just weather the storm of of the second half of play. Um, yeah, I'm excited about the next couple of weeks for the, the Red Stars and what they can do. Maybe a bye week in there will allow them a little bit more time to restructure they'll get Bianchi back or or no they, they won't right she's gone you know what she's gonna be back from a red card suspension um and I it depends on how they want to utilize her you yeah know, I know I know that this is a player that they are starting to get more um games in terms of like being an actual figure in the starting 11 and I think they're gonna have the opportunity yeah. to do more of that I think they were unsure whether or not this player was going to go to the World Cup now with um Brazil's roster final 23 player roster out there she was not named to that roster is chicago going to lean into that and try yeah. to lean on this player a little bit more now that they know they're they going can. to have her yeah so I, I would love to see it i know you know you mentioned earlier one of the the possible possible areas that that houston could look into and try to lean into for their strengths could be off of dead uh, dead ball situations or some pieces i love bianchi on those opportunities yeah. for for chicago so hopefully moving forward they want to try to integrate her more into these regular starting uh, lineups. And we get to see that a little bit, um, but we'll have to wait and see for, for the next one and see how they build off of this. Let's talk about another upset though, before we take a break, we have to chat all about Portland Thorns and Kansas city current because the current went on the road to Portland and handed the Thorns a one zero loss. What a time in week 14. <laughs> Seriously, we both went Portland in this one, uh, which I stood by that up until, you know, <laughs> the, the penalty kick happened. And, and that's really how this this happened for Kansas City. Michelle Cooper, uh, she knocks down a penalty kick, becomes the second youngest player to do that in the NWSL, score a penalty kick for their team right behind Mallory Swanson. Um, and that was the difference maker, the lone difference maker in this NWSL 2022 championship rematch between these two sides. Uh, bless you. I know this is an audio medium, but Sandra took a Thank sneeze you. on mute over there. Bless you, bud. <laughs> I'm, a pro. I'm a pro. I mute myself when I got a sneeze. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, interesting matchup in Portland. And, and now this is the first time Portland takes an L at home during this regular season. Tough for them. You know, I um, everything was there for us in the preview. Lisa. So like, again, bringing the preview on a little bit to, to the recap show, of course, we were like, you know what, we're going to go with the thorns yeah. in this one. Uh, we talked about depth being another one of those X factors for, for this team that they, yes, are coming off of a midweek challenge cup game, even though that was a loss as well. They are still going to be at home. They don't have to worry about the travel. They could yep. just continue to prepare for the week in front of them. It's a little bit different when you go from Wednesday through Saturday. It's not as if you have a travel that's involved or a fr for a Friday night kind of game. None of that was involved in this one. And we thought 
what kind of minutes or how many minutes would we see for uh, Morgan Weaver uh, specifically? Uh, are we going to see, were we going to see a start for uh, Olivia Moultrie? Was Sam Coffey going to get that armband again? You know, all of these little things. And we got to check off those boxes. Yes, and we saw yes, them. Which is very cool. We saw that we, we saw all those things in this game, which I look, I think a 1-0 scoreline tells a little bit of that story for this game specifically. I, I don't know if um Kansas City can say that somewhere along the way you have to have some luck go your way. And I love that. The lone goal in this game did come off of a penalty situation. I know. I know. But that penalty was won by a first-year player in Spantra, and that penalty was converted by another first-year player in yeah. Michelle Cooper. So the I love it. are showing up. And that's been, honestly, a, a lot of the – the blame that we've put on why Kansas City and we as like in a general we have put on Kansas City over the last couple of weeks and why they've struggled is because they're without their big veterans, right? Whether it's Dabinia that's hurt or uh, DiBernardo out with a concussion in this game, Gatral getting back from injury. That was the biggest thing. Hamilton, hey, when can we get these big time players back into the game and, and let them get on a run for Kansas City? And that's still a factor in this, of course, right? You want everyone to be healthy. Healthy, but you can rely on your rookies. Alexis Spanstra, Michelle Cooper, they can do it. They can show up big in these games. Uh, you just have to give them the confidence and give them a little bit of time. And that's exactly what they did. Um, we do see Kristen Hamilton get a full 90. Morgan Gattrall starts the game and then comes out. Um, but yeah, I mean, really happy for Michelle Cooper. I, I think a few weeks ago I said this. Like once she gets one, that's when the floodgates will open. Honestly, I'm I'm predicting like similar to Diana Ordonez in her rookie year last year. She got one and then it, it just started to click for her. She was feeling herself. Once you get confident, your teammates understand your positioning yeah. on the field and you create those partnerships. That's what happens about halfway through the season. And we're just a few weeks over halfway. I would I would love to see Michelle Cooper completely capitalized on a second half of the season. You, you're, you're, you, she had to navigate that first half pretty early. They tabbed her right away with starts because of so many injuries to the roster. Now they're starting to work players back into form. Here's the World Cup period of the schedule. She's getting worked into okay. these starting lineups with players missing, with players uh, still having to navigate injuries as the season goes on. So I would love to see that from Michelle Cooper. I think it's it's possible we could see something special. Maybe those goals are going to come, just like you said. We've got two more games to recap for you all, so stick with us after a quick break. All right, let's close it out with some golazos because we got to talk about games that deliver the goals. Let's start with O.L. Reign versus Racing Louisville. A 2-2 draw between these two teams. Ooh. They split the points. And what a way to close it out. O.L. Reign having to come back to get this result. It was a thriller down the stretch. You'll love to see it. It seriously was. I mean, we're talking about it at the end of our show right now, but this is the game that kicked off the weekend. And... Um, my expectations were set pretty high at the end of this game because as it as, as it rolled on, um, 
racing Louisville, traveling to Seattle to play at Lumen Field. Um, I had all rain, as did you in this one. Yep. Uh, they end up splitting points with Louisville, but they, they come from behind. And it's another penalty kick opportunity for racing Louisville. That's how Wang Shuang gets her second goal of the year from the penalty spot. And that's uh, in the early in the first half in the 24th minute is when Louisville gets on the board first. And then it was a slow end to the first half um, uh, action and moments throughout the start of the second half, but things didn't really start to pick up until like the 75th minute in this match, a couple of rotation for both sides and then a very confusing second goal for racing Louisville. I'm going to say it. I was flabbergasted. The players were flabbergasted. Gasted the broadcasters, the coach, Kim Bjorkegren, after Louisville gets awarded the second goal and they're up two <laughs> nothing in the 75th minute. Kim Bjorkegren, head coach for Louisville, is so confused. He they show him standing on the sidelines, literally scratching his head, asking people what happened. Like he's not celebrating. He <laughs> just is genuinely con- confused about what happened. And the players on the field are celebrating. It was it was a very interesting situation. The way it happened was there was a collision okay, on the far side of the foul. Yeah, and um, both teams, I'm going to essentially say, thought there was a foul, specifically O.L. Reign. They were on their defensive half, um, and the ball falls to Paige Monahan, and she's inside the 18-yard box, and the def- closest defender is about five yards away because they thought the play was going to stop. She ends up getting a shot off. Fallon Tullis Joyce isn't ready in goal at all. She tries to make a save on it. She touches it, but it still hits the back of the net. Um, it was very unassuming. I, it, I, I'm glad you touched on it because even, even though they're not walking away with the win in this one, it was, it was one of those goals where I was like, Oh no, like, this is going to be one of those games that the rain are going to be pissed off for the rest of the season about and watch out. But turns out we didn't have to wait till next week at all because they turned it all around in this game. And I'm sorry, but we all have to give our thank yous to Elise Bennett for turning the tide for the rain in this game. We're talking a five minute mm-hmm. window in this match in which O.L. Rain got the equalizer. We see an assist by Bennett and Latsko getting into the mix, getting one back for the team. She got subbed into the game for Fishlock, who I'm sure they're happy to have back getting minutes on this match. But you could sort of see Latsko and the energy that she brought into this game off of the bench. And then just five minutes later, Nikki stand with the dime for Bennett to put things away in the 80. Oh my goodness. In the <laughs> 87th minute. I just can't believe it was just, it just five minutes. I, I love this. I love this sport. I know but it, it was crazy. It just, again, bringing the preview on this as well, which is because we both went with Ola rain. And I believe when we were talking about the, making this pick, part of why we did it was because of Elise Bennett. We were like, this yeah. player is getting increased minutes with Laura Harvey on OL Reign. This World Cup period is here. She's going to continue to get those minutes. And what an Massive. what an absolute finish Massive. to this game. I think even when you see the final whistle come out of this, it's like, no, they, they split the points. They don't have to do enough to get this win. But to have this comeback and have it manifested yeah. into existence – 
within five minutes, you could see what it meant to these players, at least Bennett with the reaction right. post-game. Just it's you're on such an adrenaline high at this point. And Laura Harvey just high five and everybody in sight. It was just a through I'm with you. I was like, yeah. wow, this is the game that's gonna set off we sports. The bar was set. Yeah. I mean, Laura Harvey, head coach for O Ring, going crazy. She um it was announced by the club that she has a two-year contract extension through 2025 with the club. So a bit of consistency in Seattle, um, where she, she started her, her NWSL career there in 2013. So this happens, of course, the double header goals that happen. Um, I believe they were both awarded as headers, Bethany Balser getting the first one. And then of course, Elise Bennett, the, the reason we picked rain to win this game, that is now the ninth header that OL rain has scored this year. The ninth one Houston dash have only scored 10 goals in 14 weeks. And OL rain has done basically that at nine with their head of their 23 goals that they have impressive to see. Um, I think the impressive fight in OL rain to kind of turn it around after going down two goals, um, going down first goal in the first half, right? They, they definitely answered and they came back and that's good to see maybe missing some of your big time players that are away on international duty. Yeah. For sure. Congrats to the reign of the comeback draw. Racing Louisville, more footage to go over, go over and, and try to close matches out. Let's close this game out or this episode out with the final game. Washington Spirit versus Orlando Pride. Our big blowout of the weekend because Orlando Pride hand Washington Spirit the loss with three goals and a clean sheet. In yeah. this one, we're talking about individual performances, Lisa, about players who are stepping up during this World Cup period, uh, that that's what we're going to look at moving forward in these handful of games that we will have to watch during the World Cup. It's going to be a couple of these regular season games and then a handful of Challenge Cup games. Who are the players that are going to capitalize in these moments and step up for their teams in light of so many players missing? And for Orlando Pride, we talked about Marta not being there. We talked about Adriana not being part of this roster and how they look and how this team plays differently when those two players are available. Julie Doyle said, hold up. <laughs> it's my time to shine. <laughs> Unassuming, again. I think, I mean, to put us on blast, um, I had this one as a draw and you had this one as the spirit. So I know uh, Orlando has been a bit of um, uh, this team that can cause some chaos, right? But, they can go on yeah. runs. They can they can disrupt other teams and other opposition, but you're exactly right. Julie Doyle just said, all right, I'm in this from the start. I think the first goal coming in the opening 10 minutes of this match for Orlando was tremendous. It's poor clearance by Washington. They can't get the ball out of their danger area in the box, and Julie Doyle finds it falling to herself. She gets her hips around it. It's a wonderful volley by Julie Doyle, something that we have not seen her do yet in the NWSL. So it's inside of her. We just have to shake it out a little bit and get her back in these scoring ways um, because she answered a lot of the questions that Orlando had probably coming into this one. She gets the opening goal in the eighth minute, and then she gets a second one in the 16th minute, um, frankly, capitalizing for uh, the pride on like miss 
clearances and, and troubled defense on the Washington side of things, especially in the first two goals and then the third one being dubbed as an own goal. So doing the same thing, but that that final goal um, for Orlando coming off the foot of Allie Watt. She's she's a player that I want to see step up in the next couple of weeks for Orlando. Yeah, I thought, you know, watching her impact in this game, you could see it off the ball a bit. I, I would argue that for, um, you know, Messiah Bright as well. You have these very dynamic, attacking-minded players who can cause problems for a team with all of their different movements off the, of the ball. And I think that's a bit of what we saw here in, in this game for the Pride going up against the, the Spirit. I mean, it's tough because it's like this third goal ultimately gets credited as an own goal against Tara McCann, who is a player that we've had a lot of praise for over this season, converted into a center back, has been really putting together a strong season for the spirit at this new role. And that's what we were looking for. We know that in a game like this, that there were going to be multiple key starters missing for the spirit because they were not going to have Kingsbury or Rodman or Sullivan or Sanchez. So who was going to step up? The list goes on and it goes on and on. And we were also, you know, we were like, there are pieces here though. There are enough pieces here for the spirit to maybe put something together at home, right. To go ahead and get a result, but it just did not turn out that way. I mean, hatch, I think there were a lot of eyes on this player, um, you know, in light of her omission on the 23 player roster for the United States. Is this player going to deliver during this stretch of games? It's, you know, it, it was good to hear from her in, in post game comments, seeing reported out there that it's something that she's trying to embrace, right? That she knows that she needs to be a leader on this team and that she's going to be a focal point um, on this game and or in moving forward in the games for the spirit, but just tough one just didn't have answers. It looked like at a certain point in the, in the game. Yeah, frankly, it, it, they didn't have a lot of answers. Um, and when you look at kind of the stats, run them down, Orlando just capitalizing, right? 12 shots, four of them on target, and they had four total big chances to Washington's one. So yeah. it struggled, definitely. And I think that Anna Morehouse in goal for Orlando has solidified herself in, in between the sticks and done a really nice job, and that's going to be a huge consistent factor moving forward. You look at across the league and the players and the teams um, that are missing for the World Cup. And it's very interesting because Chicago, only two are gone. And Shayna Matthews, Alyssa Nair, they pick up a win. Kansas City only has two as well in uh, Davinia and Desiree Scott. Orlando, Adriana, and Marta. All those teams picked up points, and they were only missing two of their internationals. Now, across the board, the six total missing from these three teams are very, very big, important parts and pieces. Yeah. But there's enough else there, enough else glue and and stick to the fabric that can keep these teams together and, and really allow them to step up and capitalize over these next couple of weeks. No, I'm with you. I know it's something that we're going to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. I think this was that, that first glimpse, right? I think there was a little bit of that energy across this weekend as well, even though we got that really incredible finish uh, with O.L. Rain in racing. And we were like, wow, that's going to be all wild all weekend. That wasn't necessarily the case uh -huh. in week 14. But I think a big part of that is 
what you just alluded to. There was some of that energy where there were a lot of players playing together for the first time for extended minutes. So maybe things might look a little bit different in week 15. And you know we're going to preview it for you. So make sure you're subscribed to A3 and make sure that you are downloading all the content that we're putting out there for you. But that's it from us today. So thank you all for joining us on the recap and listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, and listen anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And Lisa and I will be back this week with even more content for you all. So stay tuned. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Carlin, this was Attacking Third. 